0: We give life, we give birth, then we mother these precious babies into humans that then will run the world. And we're thrown under the bus in every choice we make, every day that we live, and we still show up and we still do it. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am McLean McGowan, your host of the Mother of the Mother podcast. I so appreciate you being here and listening and welcoming me into a part of your life. It really is cool. I love it. I love co-creating this with you. Today's episode is going to be a deep dive into the things that are in my brain right now. So get ready. <laughs> I want to do a solo talk because I just feel like there's so much going on in the world right now, and I have so many thoughts throughout the entire day. It seems like every day I'm having really some deep, deep delves into my own my own psyche, and then also sharing a lot with my mom, friends, and having them share with me. And there's just so much really. Uh, deep, deep stuff going on in the world right now that it brings kind of everything up. So as you know, if you've been following me, if you follow me on Instagram, I share a lot of stories on what's been going on in California with this law SB 276 that is now taking away medical freedom. And I'm going to try to keep this very concise. But just as an example, with that... Uh, Brings up so much. It's like marriage stuff. Many couples are breaking up over this. Custodies are being fought for. A lot of people are moving state, moving houses. You know, all of a sudden you're living your life and you think you're kind of going along and making great choices. And then something like this just pulls the rug from under you. And so it just is bringing up a lot for a lot of people around me and a lot of people in this state. So it's looking at your relationship, your family members. Uh, people that are not on board with you, bringing a lot of extra drama into your life and figuring out where your kids are going to be at school, where they're going to be safe at school. You know, a lot of parents I'm talking to have been on one track or a couple of tracks, and then all of a sudden it's like a swift veer to the left. And many are considering homeschooling now. And again, I'm not pro or anti anything. I am pro-medical freedom and body autonomy. I want to be able to control what goes in or on my body and in and on the body of my children, full stop, period. That is the discussion here. And it's heartbreaking. And I just want to speak to all of you out there because whether you vaccinate or not, it's so beyond that. You know what, all this has really brought into The limelight is the severe sexism in this country. I mean, obviously in the world as well, but speaking on this topic in our country, where hundreds of thousands of mothers are screaming and crying and very much being denied the respect as the mother. And that is a core, core issue of what's happening worldwide. Our mother earth. All that created us, we're thrown under the bus. So it's kind of like the macrocosm and the microcosm of that underlying theme. Not respecting who you come from, killing her, judging her, shaming her, disrespecting her in every way that you can. That's heartbreaking. That's really heartbreaking to see. And, you know, as a white privileged woman, which I am. And again, that does not mean I've not gone through my shit because believe me, I have, and my lineage has, but I am a white privileged woman. I have not been discriminated against my whole life because of the color of my skin. I feel like it's paramount that I speak up and I speak out and I share stories and I share my story and I'm open to listening to other people's stories as well. So I just urge you, all women out here, like, The way we're going to change the world, which is coming, it's coming. So we have to hold strong. But what I really implore from you is to speak your truth, whatever that is, do it safely ways that you're not just completely putting yourself out on the line around unsafe people. Like you need to be physically and mentally protected as well as your children, but not also shirking back and not speaking up when you can. And when, you know, we never know what little thing will hit someone in a way that for the first time they're hearing it in a new way. And that's why I pray every single day. I pretty much pray all day long for the miracles because they do happen. Every single day I feel the protection within myself. And that's happening with everyone. If you open your heart and your mind to the grace of spirit all around you, there are miracles all day long. And, you know, I remember when I did my Pilates training in like 1998 in New York City, and uh, one of the teachers said, you know, when a client comes in and you're the substitute teacher and you say something and they, the client goes, you know what, that's incredible. You're amazing that you just said that. Blah, 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 that I come to every week has never said that to me. And you're great. And I want to switch to you and blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, while that feels great in your ego, it just goes to show, you know, nine times out of 10, that client probably has been told the same exact thing, like, you know, elongate the spine here. But for whatever day, she heard it from me. And you just, I guess my example is to show you, By just continuing to share and show up and shine your light, one day that person who needs to have a little opening or a little empathy come through can and will hear it from you. So I just, I urge you because the way we're really going to change is to elevate ourselves, keep our vibration high and light and supportive of one another. Because with all of this, this is going on in the world. It's so easy just to not want to get out of bed. And I don't have that luxury. I have two kids. I have work. I have a husband. I have a house that needs to be run. You know, I don't have the luxury of just lying in bed with my covers up, you know, smoking a joint. Like some days I really wish that I could. I wish I could go back to my 20s and do that. But that is not who I am now. And that's not how I'm living my life. That's not how I'm choosing to show up. So. I have to do the things that keep me elevated. One is nature. I feel so good today because I was out in nature. Two is rest. Three is really good food. Four is hydration. Five is good supplements. Six is, you know, really keeping happy and healthy with my husband and my kids. Keeping my family, you know, um, on course. Staying open to every day and what every day brings and not taking anything for granted. And also just being curious, you know, knowing that life is long and life is surprising and and I'm really not attached. It's interesting when it's like, this is a silver lining to like the world going to hell is that it puts things into priority. So, you know, really loosening my grip on rigidity or judgments. You know, I like to think of myself as not a judgmental person. Most people that meet me would think I'm very non judgmental but I can be very judgmental on very specific things. You know, it might not be the things that we think of as judgmental, but I'm holding judgment. So I'm creating my own misery in that. So when I can really let go and say, I'm letting this thing go because what is the real importance of it? If it's not my physical mental health, it's not the physical mental health of my husband or my kids or my mom or my close friends, really doesn't matter. Everything else is just kind of details. Uh, So I am grateful for that grace that's coming through me. Anyway, sorry for the ramble. I told you, this is like my brain. I'm just opening up my brain. It's a can of fucking worms. I will try to keep slightly concise, (laughs) but I make no promises. Uh, Anyway, yeah. So mother, mother respect. There's a lack of it. And, you know, when we learn to really respect and put ourselves Forward as the leaders of our family, that's when we're going to garner respect. But you know, it's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be overnight, but it is going to change because men have been in charge for a long time and uh, they didn't do a great job, did not do a great job. So here we are. Couple things, couple things. Okay, I'm going to start with this one. I'm going to come forward. This is not something that is hidden at all. If you know me, you know this is something I I talk about and share about, but never publicly shared this in that I'm kind of an old granny. I'm in my 40s now. I am not hip and cool on all of the gender fluidity. I've not taken any courses. I don't live in a corporate setting where I'm getting memos about, you know, new use of pronouns and stuff. And it has brought Has been brought to my attention by a man that I am not fluent in this. And I 100% agree. I mean, I was telling a friend, Trish Marino, who was a guest this week on my podcast. um, Her daughter had just graduated from Sarah Lawrence College, which I almost went to. I went to Hampshire instead. But she was saying, you know, how amazing it was when she went to visit her in college and the gender fluidity is so real. And in classes, when everyone gets to know each other at the beginning of the year, you go around, like, how do you want to be uh, referred to? Like, what pronouns? Learning how each person identifies, who they identify with, what kind of like sex or multi-sex. I mean, I don't even know the words. And I said, please, will she teach a course? Because little old grannies like me need to catch up. And it's true. I mean, there's so many things I want to learn about. And I only have so much time in the day. And that is just something that has not been my priority, but it is important. And so I take responsibility for that and I do want to learn more. So if any of you have some great information for me, some PDFs or people on Instagram to follow, will you DM me at mother the mother? Because that would be really helpful. Um, It's not that I don't want to learn. It's that... It's not in my immediate world. I mean, yes, I live in LA, but I'm a mom. Like I'm fucking removed. I don't go out. So that is part of my education that is lacking. And why I really wanted to bring this up, I mean, A, it's an important topic, but B, you know, when I created the Mother and the Mother podcast, it was to share my journey and also the education and experience that I have as a postpartum doula and a prenatal guide and a motherhood coach, and all the trainings and all the years, and just my own life as a mom of two and a wife, and all that comes with that. And I'm so blessed to have such amazing experts here in LA that are my friends that I call my friends. And so I really wanted to bring that. You know, when this all started, I was like, I wish I could just share all my information. And then I was like, I actually can i can do a podcast and have all my friends on and meet other people that are experts and have stories to tell so it really was from a place of sharing because i feel like when we hear stories from other predominantly women as mothers it's super helpful but you know with all of this gender talk or my you know gender lack of education you know the last thing in the world i want to be Do is alienate anyone, alienate any person that's listening to this podcast who does have a womb and does want to give birth and does want to be pregnant, but does not identify as a woman or identify as a straight woman. And if that is you and you're listening to this, I really apologize. You know, that is completely the last thing I would ever want to do. And I'm sorry that I've not circled you into the discussion as. I should be. And I don't have the words that I know right now how to do that. So, again, please reach out to me if that resonates with you or anyone you know, because I actually really do want to be mindful of that. This is for women, by a woman, but it's, you know, that does also expand to other people as well. I just think, see, I'm already getting caught up in my words. You know, I do feel in general, women are second-class citizens. If you're not a male, and especially if you're not a straight male, you're a second-class citizen in this world. And the whole reason I do this work is to mother the mother. And I want to help heal the world and for me in this lifetime, and my dharma feels like to heal that of the mother, the mother wound. Because we give life, we give birth, then we mother these precious babies into humans that then will run the world. And we're thrown under the bus in every choice we make, every day that we live, and we still show up and we still do it. And we still do the best that we can in every situation for our children. and. That's why I'm doing this. And if if you don't identify to the word mother, you're still of course welcome here. That doesn't exclude you. Or my intention is not to exclude you. But I am also working with what I know. You know, I feel like that's how I heal myself and how I can help heal my community is working with my community and that's who my community is. You know, predominantly my community is white women. I hope as my work expands it will reach all women, all colors of women, maybe all people that are having children, uh, whether you're a woman or a man or or however you call yourself. Um, I do love working with men as well. I mean, sometimes I probably leave that aspect out. I love my work with couples and men as well. But anyway... Clearly, I do not have the answers and clearly there's much work to be done. So I'm going to just wrap this up because it's just starting to get rambly. But I love you and I see you and I appreciate the feedback and I'm um, open to more. So thank you for listening to that. Okay, the next subject I wanted to broach is kind of goes hand in hand with getting back to school. It's fall now. It feels like really new beginnings to me. It's my favorite season of the year. It's my birthday season. It's Scorpio season. Halloween, Obvi. Just love it. Christmas, fire, sweaters. I'm a sweater person. So with back to school, you know, it's like kind of getting back on a schedule, which is sometimes a bummer, but also nice, especially if you've had a chaotic summer of travel and, and super late nights. Um, it kind of feels good to get back on a schedule. It just feels kind of regimented and you, you know what to expect and what your flow is maybe have a little bit more time to yourself at night to take a bath or be with your partner or just chill out and let your mind wander and meditate. And also a big thing that comes with that is decluttering. And since, as you know, I just moved, we have decluttered a lot. There still is some more to clean up, but we've actually pretty much finished up with the boxes. I think we have like two left. Um, And I just haven't put things away yet because I don't actually have... The space to put them anywhere. Um, We're going to do a lot of built in cabinets, but that's kind of like six months to a year down the line. Um, And, you know, full disclosure, my husband did finish it up this past weekend because he's so much better at organizing than I am. So thank you, David. It looks amazing in the garage. But I got rid of a lot of stuff. I really did Um, old journals, old papers, old folders, old CDs. Uh, tons of clothes, even though my personal wardrobe is pretty small, still getting rid of even more, getting rid of kids' clothes that, um, you know, we still like. Jemima still likes, but she's not wearing it. She hasn't worn it in six months to a year. And there are lots of kids that uh, could be using that and wearing that. So I'm really at that point where it's like five t-shirts is good, three pairs of pants, that's good. Um, anything else is actually feeling really gross to me. Uh, So it it feels so good. It feels so good to declutter. It's this lightness. And I am such a believer that when you get rid of the old, you allow for the new to come in because there's just no way to hold everything. And it's so like American. I mean, I hate to say that, but it really is. And when when you declutter, this is one of those topics that I literally could do like a 10-part series on decluttering. And maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do like a little 10-minute talk on decluttering for 10 weeks. But it goes to show you it's so deep because there's so many layers to it. Like, have you ever watched Hoarders? It's not just about the stuff. It's psychological stuff going on. It's not just the actual, you know, ton of newspapers. It's stuff behind that. Safety, memories, our past. What are we scared to let go of? Um, And of course, I do love keeping some keepsakes. Like with my dad's stuff, I've given most of it away, but I'm still going to keep a hat that I adore and a couple of his uh, button-down shirts and his vest and, you know, specific things that don't take up a ton of room. And also they bring me a lot of love and a lot of joy, and I don't need to make myself give those away. And it also feels really nice to give things away to those that you know are in need, there's so much need. There's so much need, especially in LA. If you live in abundance with abundance, with abundance around you, please, please pass on the things that you don't need. There's so many shelters, halfway houses, women shelters. For me, we have Ana, who's our amazing nanny slash grandmom. And um, she goes down to Mexico like once every month, every two months, and she'll just take tons and tons and tons of stuff. So, if you're a friend in LA, uh, please reach out to me because I can always um, pick up some of that stuff and pass it on. But there's also baby to baby, um, all the foster care places. I mean, there's there's really there's not a lack of places that need. So, I urge you to uh, lighten your load and give to people that really truly need it. Um. And my friend Victoria, shout out to Victoria, all her amazing podcasts and books of everything motherhood and health. She's one of my friends that I talk to every single day. And thank God for her through this time. But she's gone down this decluttering rabbit hole. And this woman, it really just shows how emotional it is and how important it is for our children's development to not have a lot of stuff, not have clutter all the room, not have like playrooms filled with stuff it actually mentally inhibits their brain development less is truly more um, and get outside and play and have a ma- imagination and play with leaves and sticks and all of that so anyway whatever it is it, it could be the Marie Kondo it could be just you know going through your desk drawers getting rid of papers from 10 years ago that you don't really need recycling books donating to the library and and going through with your kids too. And with Jemima, I mean, I started from a very young age with her discussing homeless people because she would ask it too. She's very much empathic. She's a Libra. She's very concerned with um, the emotions of others and always has been since she was born. So when she was like, you know, two and a half, three, you know, why do people live on the street? It wasn't something I was just going to gloss over and like candy coat because I think when we do that, you know, when we... So-called want to protect our children. We're actually just creating these lies and creating this bubble that is not not accurate. It's not healthy. I mean, of course, you want to share age appropriately with your kids. I'm not saying to have no boundaries, but I'm just saying it isn't actually of service for our community, our cities, our world to have them wrapped in bubble tape and to not see the suffering and the inequities of others. So whenever she gets presents, when it's a birthday, when new Christmas, when new things come in, that's a time for the old things to go out. So it's an ebb and flow. It's not just this hoarding behavior that I'm co-signing for the rest of her life. And really being mindful of it. Like my mom was here the other day. She was sending a lot of clothes to the Bahamas and... Jemima had a lot of shoes that were hand-me-downs, that were really nice hand-me-downs from other friends. They were great, like beautiful sandals, but she doesn't wear them. And so we went through all of them. And yeah, I could have kept them saying, she might wear these in six months. She might wear these in a year. But she's saying to me now, I don't love them. I don't necessarily think I want to wear those. So I'm getting rid of them. I just, I don't need to hold on to them. And I certainly don't need to hold on to them for Goldie in six or seven years, you know, when people right now do not have shoes. So I think it's really important to share that with your children and to start and instill in them from a young age because then they don't grow up being brats and they don't grow up thinking that they deserve everything that they want all the time. And that's a real psychological thing that we as Americans have. I think that's all I have to say about that. But just tuning in, tuning in where you want to hold stuff so tightly and where you can open up and release. And notice how that ripple affects all the different things in your life. Okay, another thing I want to talk about, which ties in a little bit to that, is uh, being a mother of daughters and being a daughter of myself. Very interesting, very interesting topic. So, if you're listening, I'm just gonna make an assumption that you might have some difficulties with your mom. I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but maybe there are a couple of things that your mom does that triggers you. My mom was here last weekend and I adore my mom. Mom, I know you're listening and I love you so much. And this actually has nothing to do with you. I just noticed, also, I will just say I go to Al Anon. I mean, I guess you're technically supposed to kind of keep it on the DL, but I go to Al-Anon and it's changed my life. I was a child or am a child of alcoholics and it's um, very specific pathology that you learn. So it's really nice to be in a group of people that are all sharing stories about how they're kind of like fucked up in one way of mental thought. And you're like, oh my God, these are my people. And it's not with everything, but just certain characteristics. You know, I think it's how addicts feel or people in AA or other groups. I mean, I don't know this for myself, but I'm just going to make an assumption here. It's obviously not everyone. But when you find that tribe that's kind of got dysfunction like you have, it's a huge sigh of relief because you're like, oh my God, I'm not the only fucking person that felt this way like I thought I was. And these people... Have healed themselves and they've learned how to live with these different parts of their brain and their behavior and their patterns. So it's been really helpful to me. But what I do notice when my mom is in town again, love you, mom is, and it could be anyone, but I just feel like mother and daughter um, is so, so deep. And maybe it's the same with mother and sons, but you know, there is obviously a thing that people always kind of equate to mother and daughter relationships. But I just notice. That it's so easy to go back to childhood patterns or teenage patterns and i don't like it you know i don't i don't act the same way with my friends now i really don't act the same way with anyone else and i do think it's that thing where you can unleash everything on your mom if you have an open caring loving mom that can kind of hold that you know like you see it all the time with your baby and your toddler it's like they hold it together all day and then when they see you they can really kind of lash out and let all their kind of bottled up shit explode on you, which is like the blessing and the curse of being a mom because you want to offer that to your kid and also is like so hard. And so I still notice that, you know, I'm almost 42 years old and I still notice this like rigidity I get because I don't want to be feeling this way, but I am feeling this way, but it's like not even in my thinking brain. It's like just in my DNA. And I don't know. I don't have the answers. I don't like it. It's something I'm working on but it makes me just notice the lineage. And I am very conscious of my behaviors with my girls. You know, that's why I do like to be as slow as I can with them and as conscious as I can because I know that these things that we instill in them now, it does matter. It does matter. And I wish I could say some days it doesn't matter. But they're sponges and they're listening to everything and they're picking up on every vibe. They're picking up on all of our energy all the time. And so it just makes me, it adds like a whole other level of being a conscious human because not only am I trying to fix my stuff and heal my stuff just as my own girl and woman and person. Then I'm trying to heal that stuff like fast enough. Like let's pick up the pace for the healing. So I'm not passing all that on to my kids because I really don't want to. Like I want that all that stuff to stop here. Um, And I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. I mean, it it adds a real level of stress. So the way that I have found, like my little hack, is if I'm just having a day where I feel my nervous system like start to teeter, I'll really say that. I'll share that with my family. Of Mommy's really tired. I'm just telling you this because can we please just get through the bath and get into PJs and like not take an hour doing those two things? Because I don't want to rage. I don't want to blow up. I don't want to yell. I don't even want to feel any of that underneath the surface. I mean, I rarely yell, um, but I don't even like for my nervous system to feel that that yucky vibe. Um, so it takes a lot of work. So I just, that's why self-care is so important, even though that term can be triggering for a lot of people. But taking care of yourself, the responsibility, the discipline to shore up what you need to shore up so it doesn't spill over to your kids. And it's not your kids' responsibility. You know, they didn't ask for all of this. And I know there is that belief that you choose your parents and you choose your destiny and I waffle back and forth on that. I don't know. I don't really claim to know that. I don't necessarily feel like that's super important to be clear on that. All I know is that I want to be showing up the very best I can with the most amount of love and calmness and peace and like being a really good example for my girls, you know? I really, I really do want that. Um, And Alanon has taught me that... I can forgive myself and I can be patient with myself. And what really is brave to me now is transparency of admitting when you're wrong. I always try to apologize if I am snappy or if I do accidentally hurt their feelings. You know, course corrected immediately, as soon as possible. Do not let that fester. Do not go to sleep. You know, do not let your kids go to sleep thinking that you're really mad at them because all those little micro things really turn into wedges and they turn into valleys that can't always be repaired. And it starts at a very young age. So that's something is forgiveness. I feel like the idea that you're always the student, like I'm always the student of my life, always. And I never claim to know everything or to be the best at everything. I mean, I guess sometimes I am within my family. I do that. See, I going to call myself out. Sometimes I really do think I'm doing it the right way. A lot of times I think I'm doing it the right way. Um, But I have to let a lot of that go or I need to learn how to let a lot of that go. Because at the end of the day, if my kids are well-fed, taken care of, loved on all day, you know, go through the day laughing and being happy and sharing and kind to those around them, you know, that's what matters. Like that's what success is. And I'm going to just... Take that into the next topic I want to share of what is success. And that's a huge one that I talk to with my friends all the time. And I do feel like this is a real shift in our consciousness as a society because, you know, for so many generations, it's been like do well in school, follow the rules, listen to the teachers, only do what the teachers say, you know, like don't step out of line, get into the right schools, do well get a good job that pays, stay with that job for 30 years, you know, get your pension. And a lot of people were not happy. Turns out that's not a really happy lifestyle. Uh, And I wonder why like so many of our, so much of our society are alcoholics and drug addicts, like maybe because it's a really shitty way to live. um, If you're not doing your life's work, if you're not following your bliss. So, kind of nothing shakes up your quote unquote idea of success as motherhood because now your priorities really shift just physically everything's kind of theoretical until you give birth and you're holding your baby in your arms like everything's theoretical it's great to read books it's great to listen to other people educate yourself take the classes but until you have that baby that baby you've grown in your belly from like a zygote from a little speck of sperm that reached your egg to this fully functioning human, it's crazy. And then n- now you're expected to keep it alive. Every, like every minute of every hour of every day for the rest of your life. That's pretty heavy. I mean, what's what's heavier than that? I don't know. There is nothing. So I think doing that and then being successful and like having sex with your husband a certain amount of times a week and going on trips and staying a size two, you know, body type or like whatever the things are that are in your mind that our society has like drilled into us since birth, all that starts to kind of get debunked. And I have to say, almost every week I'm having a discussion with the girlfriend about this because, you know, I get in this mode where I want more work and then I go after more work and then I do more work and then I'm like, I miss my kids also. And when I'm, you know, full disclosure, when I'm working a ton, when I'm working a ton in people's homes as a postpartum doula, which I love, by the way, I mean, I'm I'm only doing it because I absolutely love it. And I do feel like it's my dharma. But like when I'm cooking all day, the last thing I want to do is get home at 530 and then cook a full meal that my kids may or may not eat from scratch. And, you know, my health deteriorates. They still have all their good food, but, you know, I'm not taking care of myself how I want to. And I'm not cooking all the meals that I want to for my family. So it always is a balance. And it's always a question of the balance. And what is the balance? I mean, I don't really actually think balance exists just as a thing, but it teeter totters, you know, throughout the day. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, back to that way, back to that way. But it does keep changing. And what success changed for me, like I have a number I want to be making a year, I have real big. Dreams for my brand. I mean, I there are many things I want to do and like go really big and reach a lot more people and be a useful human tool. And I I have a two year old, I have an eight year old. Uh, I still have a very young child, and I went back to work when she was four months old. Which you know, in hindsight, twenty twenty, I don't know what I was thinking because I put so much pressure on myself. It was only me putting my pressure on myself because I wanted to get back to work. But I definitely like threw myself back into a pressure cooker. And again, I don't have the answers. I'm doing what I love, and it's still a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to hold space the way that I do and be a wife and loving wife. And, you know, my husband and I have gone through different parts of our marriage. We're coming up on 10 years and are very happy in a very good place. And it's very important to me to keep happy, you know, to keep my energy up so he can meet me there and that we can keep. The top of this pyramid of our family together. I mean, that's success to me. Also, um, the happiness of our kids. You know, making money is not more important to me than that. I mean, I, I like to do both, and that's what I'm trying to figure out: like how to make the money I want and keep everything else just as elevated. But um, you know, it's it's challenging and it's tricky. So I really just want to acknowledge all of you moms out there, entrepreneurs, doulas. You know, the work that we do is so deep. And it's not just hours in and out, like clocking in and out. It's on text all the time um, with many clients. It's not just that one client we're working with at the time. Uh, You know, being up through the nights, night doulas and birth doulas up all the time, Um, and then postpartum doulas. You know, to be honest, the postpartum work is so much mentally more exhausting than even birth doula work because you're with women and families within them pretty much the most vulnerable they'll ever be in their lives and you're holding this container with so much strength and so much grace and and doing all the work so that you can show up in that way so you know the work that I'm offering my client when I show up for like my 4 to 5 hour shift that's only one piece of the work I'm doing with them um so I just want. I'm just saying this to honor really you, and it doesn't have to do with dollar bills. It has to do with the energy you're bringing to your family, your intention you're bringing to your family, the love you're bringing to your family. Because we're raising humans, you know we're not we're not having kids just to be like, eh, it's okay, you know, they're okay. We're we're raising these humans. We're becoming mothers because we feel a call to it. And we want to be doing it the best that we can and enjoying our lives and having them enjoy their lives because they're growing up to be adults and they're our future. So, you know, it is very complicated to be a mother and to be a mother in this time in society where we're all isolated. We're in our little boxes, our houses, our apartments. We don't have that village. Um, I do think with more and more of the education we're talking about stuff more. It's not all perky and happy, Um, but it still is isolating. And it's not, it's kind of this like cyclical thing. Like, yeah, you can pick up the phone and call someone, but it's not just your sister being in the other room or your auntie being in the other room or your best friend that's even letting you get to that point. I mean, that's the thing is the prevention. Not allowing for postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety because you are getting the Abiango oil treatment every day. You are being taken after you know care of. You are eating all the nourishing food every single day. You're not having to ask for any of that. It's just what would be happening normally if we lived in traditional cultures, like we all came from, you know, way way back. And I happen to believe in reincarnation, so I feel like I've I've lived in this work for many lifetimes. So anyway, just just honor where you are in your process. I wish someone. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. As I'm sure people did tell me. I just didn't want to listen. And I didn't feel the need to listen <laughs> when people were like, ease back into work. Take your time. There's no rush. I 100% guarantee you many people told me that and I didn't hear it. And that's my journey and I own it, you know? Maybe I had to go through all that so I, I can share it with you now and and really have ownership of it and know it enough that I can give you permission to slow down or to more deeply acknowledge all that you're doing um, and it's hard to start work. It's it's hard to start a new career, which many women do after having a baby. What they were doing before no longer resonates. They're starting something up. And starting any new thing up takes so much energy. And when you're those first, first couple of years postpartum, you don't have any extra energy. So you're running on fumes already. So anything new just takes even that much more energy. So really be kind to yourself. There's no one way to do it. There's no linear growth. It's all in all directions all the time. And there's a lot of stardust and magic and luck that goes with anyone that's quote unquote made it. And you know, follow your bliss, follow what lights you up, follow what unites yourself with women around you and sisters and and really finding ways to benefit your community. Because again, it's that ripple effect. And once one person or one friend or even one stranger sees you living in your light and doing what lights you up, it gives them permission to do the same. And so <sighs> I just love women. And I just, I, I really am so grateful to be one this lifetime, even though there's a lot of bullshit that comes with it. There's so much strength and beauty and love. And um, I can't wait to see what these little, These little girl powerhouses we're all raising turn into and grow up to be. So anyway, I've talked your ear off for a while. Um, I'm going to close out. Again, please always DM me on Instagram at motherthemother or feel free to email me, mclean at motherthemother.com with other topics you would like to hear discussed. Got a great lineup of interviews coming up. and. As always, postpartum doula work I'm doing. I offer bigger packages. And then from time to time when my schedule allows, I'll do a couple days here and there, the healing work. And um now offering the motherhood coaching, which I'm loving doing so much. And we can do over Zoom, so we can do it while your baby's sleeping. And you know that's kind of a broad term, but what it is is just honoring and holding space for you wherever you are on your motherhood journey. That could be two months out of having a baby. That could be two years. It could be seven years. It could be ten years. Just really acknowledging and talking through and processing your pregnancy, your birth story, your changing of fi- family dynamics, uh, your career change, staying home as a mom, any of that. Just helping you. Um, come to terms with where you are, whatever needs to be um, kind of healed and then helping you move forward to where you want to be going. So it's work I truly love. It lights me up because I'm also on this journey forever as a woman and a mother. So anyway, I honor you. I see you. I love you. May we all help each other and rise up together. Much love. J Ma. J'ai mon